right, well, I think we'll go ahead and jump in if that's all right. I'll um, keep bringing people in as they arrive. So thanks everybody for uh, joining up. I know we haven't met in a little while. Thanks for giving us some patience as we put together um, draft final scenario work. Um, I will probably screen share so we're all looking at the same thing here. So is everybody seeing the agenda? Okay, so um, I know this is a text-heavy agenda, so I apologize for that, but I wanted to put some of these thoughts in front of you and I'll, I'll talk through them just briefly. Um, I wanted to, to set the stage on some of the um, kind of big things we need to keep in mind as we move into the final stage of, of public engagement. Um, one of those, those big items is that uh, as we get into route redesign, um, it's going to require two phases for us to get through route redesign. Um, as we worked with, with KU on how to roll this out, um, you know, there's, there's competing challenges, and one of the things uh, the university um, really needs to, to meet the needs of students is to have routes, if possible, change in August before fall semester begins. So um, that creates a challenge because we're not going to have our transit facility built in August, um, and some of these are actually so dependent on that facility being open. So with that in mind, we're looking at uh, one set of route changes that would happen in August. That will be all of the KU routes, as well as coordinated routes between us and the university. And then in January, city routes would change to reflect, uh, or to be able to serve that the new transit facility at Bob Billings and Crestline. Um, there will be additional slight changes to coordinated routes uh, at that time as well. Um, so that kind of gets us through, through the full route redesign process. I list on here, you know, there, there's just some realities with uh, some of the challenges KU's facing budget-wise. So some of, some of us pushing towards this final scenario does have to take that into account. Um, won't be able to afford everything like we've afforded in the past, particularly on the KU routes. So um, the public and you all will see some of that as we walk through it. I want to point out that um, you know what we're talking about tonight is not the final planned scenario. Uh, big difference between proposed and planned. So what you all are helping us with is you know, we are interested in, in some of your thoughts on a few of the routes we'll be able to walk through, but. Um, this group is helping us gear up with the proposed information to go back out to the public. Um, the plans changes happen after this next round of engagement. There's always some amount of tweaks and changes that happen after we hear from the public for a final time. That happens every August when we're doing annual route changes, and I don't expect this to be different. Um, there will be some, there's always some like major requests we get, you know, request to change a route in a dramatic way or increasing you know, double the frequency, things like that. We, we generally just have to respond to that, um, that operations can't work for us, we can't afford it, things like that. But almost inevitably, there's some piece that we get um, through the public engagement process that lets us make some final improvements. Um, we take this back out. 
So with that in mind, um, I, I listed a few of um, what I identified as some of the big ideas um, that the public should see um, in this final proposed scenario or two-phase scenario. Uh, this is not exhaustive. Um, I was doing this <laughs> late last night, so it didn't, I know there's some big KU changes that I might have uh, at some point. Margaret Eric was chiming in just to highlight a couple of the um, unique good things happening on KU routes, but I wanted to put a couple of these front and center just so you have them in your mind. Um, one of those ideas is that we uh, are still moving towards the introduction of Sunday service in January of 2023. Um, the way that we can afford to introduce that is through a microtransit model. So on-demand, accessible via app or phone call if you don't have a smartphone. Um, it's kind of an on-demand entire city of Lawrence service as opposed to uh, fixed route service on Sundays, which is a lot more expensive. We did show in a couple of um, earlier scenarios the idea of microtransit during the weekday as well. Um, as we were piecing this all together, that's just not something that we can afford currently. I think there's still some good ideas on the table there, but we would have to be removing fixed route service from somewhere to afford microtransit and um, kind of as as we heard from the public in those last two scenarios, as we put this together, there just wasn't room for um, microtransit to overlay fixed route during the week. Um, so that's something I think we are still interested in. Um, it's, it's just not something we're able to put forth right now um, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, route 100 is a route that, that we talked about some of this group through the process, but High frequency, new coordinated route between the new transit facility, campus, and downtown, which is exciting. Route 27, um, which serves Haskell today, has a number of improvements, but um, a couple of them that are of note is that operates uh, year round, so just during the semester. It would go a little bit deeper into campus after consulting with some of the, the Haskell students and faculty. Um, one, one piece of the road network uh, is farther off 23rd Street, but accesses the uh, dorm, a lot more of the dorms more closely. So um, that should be a benefit, as well as being interlined with Route 27, or sorry, Route 10, 27 and 10. So um, those routes create a very uh, dynamic kind of diagonal cross town, one seat ride, um, really from the south east all the way to the northwest. So I highlight here Hassel or Rock Park is now a one-seat ride, would be a one-seat ride opportunity, which is a unique new thing. Uh, routes one and seven, I think part of our outreach, we'll do some direct outreach to the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association. One and seven are both travel through East Lawrence. They do a little bit of what I call a corridor swap, where um, Route one, uh, currently on Haskell Avenue would move over to Mass Street and Route 7 would do the opposite. We go from Mass over to Haskell. And part of the reasoning of that is to get grocery on, on Route 1, um, which it doesn't have today. And um, for the folks who do live on that Haskell corridor, um, 
they accessed Route 7, still gets them to downtown, but would also connect them directly to grocery. Today, if you're around that Haskell area, you have to ride to downtown, transfer to some other route to get you to a grocery store. So there's some interesting opportunities there. Um, I realize I'm spending a decent amount of time on these, so turn it a little quicker. Um, three and six, we have a big one-way loop kind of in the north central part of town, current route three. So three and six provide better two-way service opportunity on some corridors headed up towards the industrial job center that's up on North Iowa. Uh, six and 11 are not interlined, so they're not connected by a one-seat ride, but they would connect. Uh, you could transfer between them at the new transfer facility, which does provide a really interesting north-south connection through town that we don't have today. Um, I know early on we talked about you know, interest in creating kind of a can we make it easier to get from along Iowa Street from 6th to South Iowa? Um, and this doesn't go straight down Iowa because it tries to hit some of the you know, residences and places we expect to get ridership, but it does give us a new kind of north-south corridor that should be pretty streamlined and a lot better uh, travel situation than people deal with today, having to route through downtown to make that similar trip. And last one on this list is uh, seven and nine. You know, we, we continue to hear a lot from folks in the Holcomb Park area, um, especially the kids in that area trying to get to Billy Mills Middle School and LHS. And uh, that is an interline that still allows that to happen. So once you ride still from that area to, to those schools. I might mention well, I see Margaret come off you. I don't want to see your thunder. So, do you want to pop in with any of the cakes? I was stuff? just going to say, would this be the place to add the three major things we're doing on the KU ones? Yes, I think that'd be great. Okay. For the sake of budget cuts, we or potential budget cuts, we are going to interline or combine our four off campus routes into the equivalent of two, but that will actually be efficient enough that everybody will still have 30 minute service. Two of those routes today have 20 minute service, so they will have a reduction in frequency. But so far that still maintains our hours and evening hours in this scenario. The other one I mentioned that Margaret and I talked about is the, um, the area around 25th and Melrose. So a little bit to the southwest, uh, or I guess straight south of Clinton Park, um, Clinton Parkway and Crestline is um, a pocket of multifamily housing. A lot of students live in that area um, that would get additional routing, but also um, two-way service. That corridor, they'd be able to travel in a couple of different directions as opposed to just uh, the loop they have today, which is another good benefit, I think. So I realize that's kind of a lot of talking looking at a page of words instead of a map, which is maybe a little easier to think about that. So I guess um, I, I wanted to highlight a few of these things, but happy to go back, you know, later in tonight's talk and look at any other routes if you want to talk about those. Um, 
So we wanted to frame some of those big things. Um, our our Foursquare consultant team tonight is going to present kind of the path that we're taking to get from those last two scenarios to what we're about to put out for the final proposal, um, kind of how we got from there to here. So uh, we won't do that for all routes, but they've got a, a sample for us to look through. Um, and we'll keep working on keep working on that to have a full kind of transparent package we can show to the public, um, which is typical of what our, our normal route changes look like. We propose changes, people tell us things, we make adjustments, <laughs> and we put that back out and say, here's kind of how we took what you said and put it into motion. So with that, Boris, do you want to I'll stop screen sharing? Yep, yeah. I'll share my screen. <clears throat> Okay. Um, yeah. So as, as Adam was saying, what I want to go, what I want to kind of walk through now is um, we have a sampling of uh, two city routes, two coordinated routes and two university routes. Actually, it's more like four university routes. I got consolidated as Margaret was saying, but anyway, just a sampling that walks through how we got from the scenarios, the preliminary scenarios through the process of collecting feedback. Um, we had an online survey for a couple of months back in October, November, we got um, quite a lot of feedback from that. So we'll show you the complete sort of process of how we got from there to the final recommendations. So we'll start um, First with route one, just as, as an example. So these are the two original scenarios. So scenario one and scenario two um, in, and the key points of each scenario, how they differed and how are they, they were similar. So scenario one, as Adam mentioned, um, moved service from Haskell to, to, Mass, to Massachusetts Street in order to provide um, better service to Dillon's. Um, this is a route that does have a lot of multifamily housing, for example, on Harper Street. Um, but they didn't have direct access to groceries. So now they would, under the scenario, have direct access to groceries. Um, the service that is taken off of Haskell is swapped with Route 7. So they still have coverage on that part of Haskell. It just goes to a different route. Um, we recommended in scenario one, interlining this route with Route 5 so that people um, could have a one seed ride to the um, East Hills Business Park, whether they're coming from the uh, Bob Billings Hub, which is what Route 5 serves, or downtown. So um, essentially, people could get to the business park or to the shelter or, or, or jail on either route because they would be interlined. Um, so those were those were all featured in scenario one. Scenario two was similar, but had some key differences. One difference was that um, even though the service was moved to Massachusetts, it, it continued past uh, 19th Street all the way down to Haskell, to Haskell Indians Nations University to provide direct service there and then um, head to the East Hills Business Park from that point on 23rd Street. And it was um, extended also to, uh, to go directly into the uh, Lawrence Community Shelter. So in scenario two, it was actually not interlined with Route 5. It was a standalone route. <clears throat> so what we heard in response when we put that up to um, on the survey just this is just a sampling. Um, we it, it's it's sort of a representative sample of the types of comments we got. Um, somebody said, "I like the route one goes to Dillon's on on Massachusetts." So that was what we hoped people would recognize that it does. Um, I ride route one from downtown to the Lauren Shelter and back. Uh, again, that's a 
travel pattern that would still be served. Um, I love scenario one because it stops near my home, Harper Woods, Harper Square. That area, Harper Woods, Harper Square has a lot of multifamily housing. I believe those are both um, apartment complexes, actually, Harper Woods and Harper Square. Um, and then somebody said I go from downtown to behind Setem Up Jacks, um, which still would be served. So we also ask people just generally, do they prefer scenario one or scenario two? Um, or either they had no preference or no, not sure. We got a lot of no preference, not sure on a lot of the routes. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But um, scenario one, which is the scenario that went um, to Massachusetts, but not all the way down to Haskell, uh, won out uh, according to people's preferences. And these were the comments. So from taking all that in and processing all that, we came up with the final recommended scenario. So here you can see that um, it is serving Dylan. So that came from scenario one. It is shifted from Haskell to Massachusetts in the final recommendation that came from both scenarios. Um, we are still proposing an inner line with Route 5, which was in scenario one. It's not quite shown here on this map, but uh, basically it's a modified um, inner line. So we are recommending that the, the route does go into the, the community shelter, which was from scenario two, um, but then it come out and then he head to the East Hills Business Park and interline with Route 5. So that's the final recommended scenario based on the feedback that, that we got. Um, then here you see the, it's a little bit hard to see, but it shows the schedule that's uh, the, the frequency and span of service is recommended for this route compared to the current service. Um, so currently the route operates approximately every 30 minutes and it, what's recommended is that it operate every 30 minutes during peak periods. So it starts out hourly, then every 30 minutes during the morning peak, and then again, hourly in the midday, and then every 30 minutes again in the evening peak. So uh, 30 minute service is probably not justified on this route at the moment, given the ridership that we saw um, in the route profiles. Many trips were carrying five or fewer passengers. So um, there's probably potential with the additional destinations like the grocery store and the interline opportunities to increase ridership. But as a starting point, um, this route would be recommended for 3060. So 30 peak, 60 off peak. Um, any, any questions about that process for route one? I just add Boris, I think, you know, that'll be something that we'll want to communicate when we bring this out is, you know, I think um, there's a lot of city routes that operate 30 minute service all day. And we're looking at the shifts to more of a peak model because of, you know, low numbers of trips during the peak periods. And, and part of the discussion will be, you know, where, where does, where do those hours get reinvested? And, um, you know, Sunday service is a big piece of that. Um, the frequent Route 100 service, kind of that core route is a big piece of that. So I think that those might be thoughts or questions people might have is, you know, it's 30 minute service all day. This seems like it's a pretty significant reduction. How is that a benefit? And it really is, you know, some of those hours just go to different places that we also see potential. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, the next route I'll show as an example, if there are no questions on route one is route five, which is its interline partner. Um, so here again, we had two scenarios. Um, the main 
difference from the current Route 5 is that the route is restructured to serve the Bob Billings hub rather than heading down uh, Iowa Street to the, the retail destinations um, South Iowa Street. Um, this in this in one scenario, we took out the deviation from 23rd Street to serve Haskell and instead added a deviation to go through all of the um, high density of apartment complexes south of 23rd Street between sorry, 23rd and 25th Street on both sides of Iowa um, on the way to, to Bob Billings. So that was one of the changes we recommended. And then, of course, the inner line that I mentioned with Route 1 for that one seat ride from the hub or downtown. In scenario two, um, we brought back the direct service to Haskell, um, but then also kept the deviation from 23rd Street to serve all the apartments um, near Iowa Street. Um, we took out the inner line in scenario two and made it a, more of a self-contained route um, that just circulates through the East Hills Business Park and then, and then goes back to Bob Billings. What we heard in the survey, um, the inner line in scenario one works great to get to East Hills. So people did like that option. Um, scenario one won out over scenario two, um, at least, um, you know, among the, the people that responded. Um, somebody said, I wish that Route 5 came into Haskell instead of staying on 23rd Street. Um, somebody said, which is interesting because that was scenario two, but nobody voted for scenario two. It's hard. It's, it's a bit hard to understand exactly how people, um, you know, choose which scenario or how much they completely understood um, the survey. But nevertheless, that's what we have to work with. Um, somebody said proposed Route 5 provides better access to the 23rd and Castle shopping area. Um, and then someone said no direct service from Alabama 25th Street area to KU, but the proposed Route 5 plus Route 100 will work. So Route 100 is that um, fast and frequent connection from the Bob Billings Hub through campus and onto downtown that we have proposed. So based on all that, this is what the final Route 5 recommendation looks like. It does include the direct service to Haskell. Um, it does include restructuring to serve the Bob Billings Hub, and it does include the inner line with Route 1. Um, here again, you have the peak and off-peak frequency, so 30-minute peak versus uh, hourly off-peak. And again, that should be sufficient based on the historical ridership to, to meet ridership demand and um, potentially with with the restructuring and, and having more direct service to some of the apartments and so on, um, we're hoping to see the um, peak period ridership, higher frequency really go uh, go to use. So that's route five. Any questions on that? Okay. Um, now the coordinate, some examples of the coordinated routes. So route 11, the main change in scenario one was the route was restructured to serve the Bob Billings hub instead of going all the way to downtown via um, the KU campus. Um, also, the service of retail destinations, Walmart and, and the like, um, are taken out in scenario one and instead provided through an inner line. So this is the reserve apartments. So it, the way this was presented was the bus would serve the, the reserve and then um, from that point, it would continue out on Route 7, which would serve the, the retail destination. So people would still have a one-seat ride, but it was on two different routes. That was, so that was scenario one. Scenario two was similar, but it took a slightly different alignment on the way to the Bob Billings Hub, uh, using Naismith to provide more direct coverage on the KU campus, um, and then heading to the Bob Billings Hub that way. 
So uh, scenario one was slightly preferred over scenario two, but still there were a lot of people that had that were not sure, had no preference. The comments that we saw, um, I'd like Route 11 to directly go through the KU campus like it does now. Uh, I like how Route 11 partially goes through the KU campus in scenario two. Uh, I don't want to transfer to get to campus. Route 11 takes too long to get to campus. Um, Currently, I think they were saying, so scenario two is, is perfect. Uh, I live at the reserve and find the current routing confusing, um, referring to the current uh, Route 11 alignment. So given all that, uh, the recommendations are to provide the, um, the loop through the retail destinations uh, in the South Iowa corridor. So um, the uh, basically Walmart and the Nest apartments and, and, and but not serve the reserve um, and instead move the reserve service to a different route, Route 38. So this is a new concept. It's, it's not from scenario one or scenario two. It's, a, it's just a new concept altogether. So that's one change. The other change is to go a little bit deeper into the KU uh, campus um, and to do to serve Jayhawk Boulevard before heading to the Bob Billings hub. Um, so this route would have 30 minute service frequency all day, which is uh, justifiable because it, it has fairly high ridership all day. So this one would not have the peak and off peak. There's a few trips at the very end of the day that are every 45 minutes, um, but generally it's service every 30 minutes. Um, any questions on Route 11? Okay, so then Route 29. Here, the main change in scenario one, actually, and scenario two. In this case, scenario one and scenario two are the same. So um, the main change is restructuring the service to, um, to operate out of the Bob Billings hub rather than operating through campus um, and the union area. The service uh, in scenario one and two was shifted from Iowa Street to Castled in order to streamline service. There also wasn't a, a whole lot of ridership opportunities along Iowa Street just because of the kind of the nature of the uh, of the roadway there um, not uh, just not a lot of opportunities for people to, to board there so that was the the recommendation for route 29 on scenario one and scenario two um, here people didn't really vote for either scenario one or scenario two no, nobody did all the all the votes were for not sure or no preference but we did get a few comments so Somebody said Route 29 service to um, service at Clinton and Lawrence Avenue is very important for access to KU. Please don't change that. Um, somebody said transfer at the Bob Billings hub is okay if the wait time is shorter than 10 minutes. And somebody else said it's fine if it's shorter than five minutes. So um, what we are recommending is um, a slight change from scenario one and two. Um, when the bus heads down Clinton Parkway, Initially, we recommended moving it from Iowa to Castled, but here in the final recommendation, instead it's moved from Iowa to Crestline. Um, and that's in order to preserve that service to the um, Clinton and Lawrence area, which one of the commenters spoke about. So this would preserve service there. Um, it also provides an opportunity to serve, or in the future to serve the new development that's happening at Iowa and 21st Street. Um, so this would help serve that. Um, otherwise, it is still restructured to serve the Bob Billings hub instead of going all the way up to the union. Um, it's also interlined with Route 11 to, to facilitate some uh, one seat service to, to the KU campus. So in other words, 
people, some of the comments were saying, okay, I'm all right with this, um, with going to Bob Billings if the transfer is very quick. But in, in the case of an interline, the transfer would actually uh, occur without having to get off one bus and get on another. People could literally stay on the bus. Um, and as the bus comes through from Route 11, uh, I mean, sorry, on Route 29, it would then head through campus, um, at least as far as engineering buildings before continuing on to the Route 11 alignment. So here we have the same schedule as on the, on the Route 11. So 30 minute service for almost entire service day with just a few trips to the end of the day um, at 45 minute frequency. Okay, any questions on that one? All right, then we'll move on to a couple of uh, KU examples. So one is Route 34 and 38. So um, this one is a little bit hard to follow, but the kind of light yellow here is the existing 34, um, serves the sixth and seventh street corridor and does the loop um, through campus with the, serving the Union Jayhawk Boulevard. Um, the 38 heads south of campus. Um, it serves the Stewart Avenue area um, currently, um, and then does some circulation through apartment complexes south of 23rd Street along the Iowa corridor. So what's recommended in scenario one is to consolidate 34 and 38, or at least parts, key parts of 34 and 38 into a single route um, that operates from the multifamily housing, from the student sort of off-campus housing area south of 23rd Street through the park and ride um, area and the future development uh, at Iowa and 21st, and then continuing on through campus, um, Irving Hill uh, Road up through Jayhawk Boulevard, through the Union, uh, or serving the Union area, and then continuing up to the 6th and 7th Street corridor. So that would all be one route. The benefit of serving it as as one route, um, one of the benefits is, is to create a cycle time that is sort of an optimal cycle time. Um, when you have a route that's too short, then it, you, it forces you to provide more frequent service than maybe you want to. So if you have a, a sort of an, an hourly, a one hour cycle time, in other words, a round trip is one hour, then you can provide service either hourly or every 30 minutes or every 20 minutes, depending on how many vehicles you throw at it. Um, so, so in scenario one, we had a single uh, consolidated route. In scenario two, we actually kept 34 and 38 as two separate routes um, with 34 operating from the um, off-campus housing uh, in Iowa Street corridor, um, but then ending, uh, well, essentially from there through campus and then up to 6th and 7th Street, um, and then 38 operating from the Bob Billings hub um, sort of skirting campus, ser serving the Stewart Avenue uh, apartments, um, and then heading further south on Iowa to serve some of the uh, um, you know apartment complexes like the Nest and, and the Reserve, as well as retail down there. So two separate routes. So what we heard is, um, you know, we got responses both about 34 and 38. We heard that people would like Stewart Avenue to continue to be served by Route 38. Um, somebody said the integra integrated science building should be served in the northbound and southbound directions. And somebody said, I'd like to see service to the union preserved. So this is the recommend recommended um, 34 and 38, and they are recommended to be interlined, meaning that they will operate with one vehicle or one set of vehicles um, that will tran transition from one route to the other 
uh, on campus. So the 34 would be pretty similar to the current 34 serving the 6th and 7th Street corridor. Um, once it gets to campus, it changes its head sign near the Union and then continues south serving uh, Irving Hill Road, serving Stewart Avenue, and then going through, um, again, some of the apartments uh, that are south of 23rd Street on the way to Iowa Street and then ending at the reserve. So this would not do any kind of loop through Walmart and, and, uh, and the like because that would be served by Route 11. Um, so, so this is just going to end at the reserve um, and connect, you know, off-campus housing, a lot of, lots of off-campus housing, both north and south of campus into the heart of campus. Um, so here you have 30-minute service frequency on weekdays, um, and uh, it's, it, there's no, no service um, on kind of the, on holidays or weekends or anything like that. Any questions on 34 and 38? Okay, last one that I'm going to... Boris, I'm sorry, I couldn't reach my oh. button. On this is August. We just saw this third, doesn't 34 and 38 duplicate 29 on West Campus around BTBC and the other science and tech buildings? So the current, uh, sorry, the proposed 29 um, would end at the Bob Billings Hub. That's, that's the proposal for the 29. So from... From the Bob Billings Hub, it would interline with Route 11, so it actually would con continue through to the, um, the engineering buildings um, and then head south. But the 29 in this scenario ends at the Bob Billings Hub. I guess it's the wrong 29, right? For proposed. Oh, maybe I had. Maybe it's not 29. Well, it was, oh I yeah, yeah no, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I showed the wrong 29. You're right. So the yeah, so they do have some overlap, um, but they are serving different markets. So um, the the twenty nine uh, would would operate on Clinton Parkway, but it would not come down south of Twenty Third Street. So they are serving different markets, um, as you can see. So there is, you know, there's a little bit of duplication. Although the twenty nine, um, yeah, the so I, the reason why I ask you, is it just stands out to me that West Campus would have that much service. Not that there's no buildings over there or students or needs, but it seems like, again, I'm not a student. I barely, barely went to KU. So mm -hmm. I just am surprised that there's so much service on West Campus, especially by um, some of those basically the science buildings is what I mean. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add on here, jump in and point out that Route 11 currently serves West Campus to a small degree to get people to employment on campus. And the next route combination is also, has a little bit of West Campus involved, but with a pretty big reduction and change. So this version of 29 will allow people to have service into West Campus. Um, that is, it's basically replacing the Route 11 service in part of the corridor and adding a connection from the hub to all of that stuff for people coming from other parts of town so they don't have to go all the way onto campus and change there but rather we'll change at the hub to get into west district areas thank you yeah. well, let me let me ask just because I, I guess i want to be clear on that when i look at our the proposed 34 38 interline 
I don't see anything west of Iowa that would duplicate the proposed 29. So I guess to help me understand like the, the west campus concern, it seems like they operate two, two different corridors. I, I think he was noticing what was in scenario one and two that went away in the final proposal. Right, yeah. With that connection out on west campus. Okay, so the final um, example here is the 41 and the 42. So the, the 41 um, right now provides service from the park and ride uh, lots through to um, kind of the sunny, um, sunny side um, and uh, Jayhawk Boulevard kind of loop here. Um, so it, it, it provides th that connection and the current 42 operates sort of a figure eight, I suppose you could say. Um, it serves the rec center um, and then comes on Sunnyside to Jayhawk Boulevard, then goes toward the stadium, uh, comes down by the union sort of on the, on the backside, and it's like a figure eight type, type of alignment. So uh, the recommendation in scenario one was to restructure um, the service as a bi-directional route um, linking the rec center to both, so basically two bi-directional routes. So the the blue one is the 42. So from the Bob Billings hub, um, Irving Hill down to the rec center and then up to the union. And then the 41 would go from the rec, uh, sorry, from the park and ride lots down um, to serve Stewart Avenue, uh, kind of come by the the rec center as well, um, and then do the sunny side to Jayhawk loop. So that was scenario one. Um, scenario two took out the service to the Stewart uh, Avenue apartments. Um, that was, uh, it was basically suggesting serving them from 19th street. Um, and then also it took out service to the union and had both routes just doing the sunny side to Jayhawk loop here. So what we heard was that the current Route 38 serves um, a number of destinations, including the Integrated Science Building, Wesco, and the Union. The proposed Route 41 excludes the Science Building um, on the northbound on northbound trip, and I would like to see this changed. Uh, and then somebody also was opposed to serving Stewart Avenue just from 19th Street. So the final recommended scenario is to combine the 41 and 42 into a single route called the 42. Um, that would operate from the park and ride area while it's still the park and ride area um, up to Irving Hill down to the rec center and then doing and then um, looping around Sunnyside uh, Jayhawk Boulevard as well as the engineering buildings um, uh, and the Allen Fieldhouse uh, garage area and then coming back this way so it's mostly bi-directional, but with a one-way loop through through the kind of the heart of campus there. So this is proposed to be a 10-minute service. So that's, you see here, very, very frequent service. Um, I, the ridership today probably justifies that among the 41 and 42 combined. You have uh, quite high uh, ridership on the two combined and high service frequency. So that's the recommended Route 42. Any questions on that? The recommendation then doesn't directly serve Stewart. What it it doesn't come down nineteenth was the one was there 
one of the scenarios on 19th. Yeah, well, so Stewart ended up being um, recommended on the 34 and 38. So you have uh, gotcha. Stewart. Yep. So we still have direct service to campus that way. All right. Okay. Um, so that's this. This is a this is a sample um, of the type of information that um, we're. It's not finalized yet, but 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 that we're kind of leaning towards showing at public meetings. Um, I think Adam, you wanted to talk about how else, what else you want to present at public meetings. So I'll stop sharing and let you take over. All right, appreciate that. So yeah, um, we have some draft materials to show. I know one of the, uh, I think we definitely face challenges trying to keep things simple. Last time out when we tried to present two different scenarios and get thoughts and feedback. Um, I know we got some good feedback from this group on some of the challenges with the survey and how that worked. So. Um, what we'd like to walk through, and I'll have uh, Felice walk through this stuff, is um, our draft survey on Lawrence Listens, as well as a uh, segment of our project website where all the final scenario info will exist. Um, our general thought process is that we're reluctant to put as much content into the survey itself as was there last time. Um, I think it would. It, we heard that it was overwhelming to a lot of people and, and kind of difficult to make decisions. I think one of the things we learned was that people really liked the system maps. That made sense to them. You could see where all the routes went. Um, in our case, we still need to communicate something on a, a route by route level. You know, if I live, if I use Route One today, I want to see what's happening on that route. I live on the Haskell corridor. I want to see what's happening in my neighborhood. And the, the system app will help me zero in on what I should look at, but it doesn't quite give me that next level of information. So um, I guess, Felice, can we start with the draft survey? Yes. So intro-wise, again, we're trying to keep text slim. We wanted to communicate a couple of key things. We want people to understand that well, we're gonna to have to do this in two phases. It's not going to be everything changes at once. So we describe a little bit about what would change in August, what would change in January. Um, as the text says, the survey will contain the system map information for what August looks like, what January looks like, and then we will point people towards our project page if they want to dive in at the route level. Um, so let's, yeah, we'll take a look at what this looks like. This, I guess, before we get too deep into this, so this is slated, we're, we're slated to do our public engagement from March 21st, so right after spring break, through April 29th, so about five or six weeks. So we still have a couple of weeks to build these things. Um, so we're seeking your thoughts as we walk through this on. Um, any way we can improve this, make this simpler to use, easier to use. Um, I will say in general, the system maps were also a great tool when we were out talking with people on the bus platform, riders, that made a lot of sense to passengers. So I think we'll, we'll take that approach. Um, okay, so maybe can we scroll to the very top, please? So 
This page is broken down into two sections. We have August and August 2022, January 2023. So um, we have a system map for what August is slated to look like. Uh, this map is clickable. To open, okay, to open in a, oh, that's clickable there, okay. Um, so this is the high resolution, so you can zoom in, zoom out, scroll across. Uh, we have a little bit of guiding text at the top right to help orient um, people to what is changed in this route. So when you look at August 2022 map, um, we want to make it clear that KU routes along with coordinated routes 11 and 29 is what is changing. And that there are not changes to existing city routes during at August 2022. And then a little info on what the um, interlined, you know, why we have 11 and 29 together, 34 and 38 together. I'm trying to continue to reinforce what interlining means. So if we go back into the survey, please. Um, we found it difficult last time. You know, we're gathering, gathering comments. People aren't always exceedingly clear on what, <laughs> what routes they're giving us information on. Um, one way to make sure we know what people think about 11 and 29 is to have an 11 and 29 question, around 30 question, a 34 or 38 question. But that is, is what overwhelmed people last time, or what we heard overwhelmed people last time. So this time around, we have a single open text box for August 2022 round comments. We are asking people to check box what they're commenting on. So that on the back end, when we download this information, it helps a lot with the coding. Um, we'll probably still have to do some cleanup work, but if we only get the text box information, it takes a lot of additional staff time to code what routes people are talking about and give us feedback. Um, so this is the current, this is our first idea on how to do that. So we scroll down farther, please. So that, I mean, that is what the August section looks like. Um, the next page. So here, very similar, right? We show here's what the January map looks like. Again, that guiding text at the top right, we're trying to make clear what is different from today. So we do list all of the routes that are goes uh, for changes. Um, we try to make clear that there's no additional changes to KU routes proposed from August 2022 to January 23. Um, but I think one of our concerns is that if people jump straight to the January map and don't kind of walk through and do August 1st and then January, uh, we want to make sure they see all the routes because um, all of these are changing from today's version of the system to, to January. So again, scroll down, similar thing. We've got, you know, we hope people check box what they're wanting to talk about, leaving their comments in the text box. So uh, important to note that, um, let me get to that KU <laughs> uh, question in a second. Um, 
important to note that we don't, at this time, uh, are not giving people route-specific information and uh, like schedule information in the current form of the survey. Please, if you want to follow one of the links to our project page that's maybe at the top of this. This is what we are directing people to do if they were to want route specific and schedule information the way it's currently laid out. So our project page is set up very similarly. We have the same sort of intro text that we have on the survey about you know, this, this two-phase approach. Um, we, we are able to link people back to the survey. People find this info through our website. If you scroll down police to you know, under each system map, um, this is where we have clickable route detail sheets. We don't have these all built yet, but at least if you want to scroll down, we have one built and a draft form for routes one and five. Let's zoom so we can see all of this. This is the type of stuff that we certainly could, you know, we, we could have a question for every route in the, in the survey and have this information on there, um, but it's detailed, right? Because we need, you know, in this case, we want to put the interline routes together so people understand in this case, like how we would use route one and five for one seat rides that pass through the community shelter. We want, um, you know, if I'm a Route 1 writer today on Haskell Avenue and I open this sheet up, I want to look at that Haskell Avenue corridor that Route 1 no longer serves and see the node that's there that points me to Route 7. You know, see Route 7 for, for service in this area. On the left side, you see the proposed schedule. So giving people an idea of what, how these routes would operate under the different service day types. So the yellow day, which is Monday through Friday during the fall and spring semester, those blue days look, you know, we're proposing the same schedule on green days, which are Saturdays and some holidays throughout the year, less frequency, so not that big service. So, um, you know, functionally, we get out to outreach. We, you know, we'll have all this information in tabling events. If someone walks up to us and cares about uh, their neighborhood or the route they ride today, we'll be able to walk them through the appropriate route detail sheet, you know, answer questions and talk through that. And we're trying to figure out the best way to do that uh, virtually for the people who don't touch base with us and the ones who are using the survey. Um, so our current thought process is, you know, this, Survey has system maps. People dive into the detail via our project page and you know, submit their responses in the survey. But I think at this point, well, let me cover the one final survey thing and then I'll stop talking so, so people can ask questions. Um, this is a, uh, a logic question at the end of the survey. Um, you know, for, for KU say we need to gain some additional information on uh, people's priorities related to the budget cuts that KU is facing. So um, if people answer no to this question, survey closes, uh, you know, their input is complete. 
they do write gay routes and or want to answer questions about budget cuts, they'll be asked these additional two questions that um, would be very helpful for KU in making you know, tough decisions the resources in the best spot. So, um, actually, let me look at my. I had a few prompts, prompt questions in the the uh, agenda. So, my first one is um, asking if you agree with or have concerns about the strategy to locate route level detail on the project page, or for that, we try to incorporate that in the survey itself. Any thoughts on that? This is uh, Gary. So I'm on the survey. I've selected the three routes I want to comment on. What will the interface look like once you click submit? Will all three of those routes then be available for comment? So what we there, there's no additional built-in logic. Like you wouldn't. Uh, so you know, if we just chose three routes, you enter your comments. You don't get provided any additional information. Okay. You're just indicating to us which ones you're commenting on, and we as we assume you will have gleaned what you need either from just the system map, or will have followed us to the project page to to dive deeper into those details before you make your comments. The, the logic I know. I mean, I know Felice has been trying to dig into capabilities of Lawrence Lessons. It is. Um, I don't know that it is feasible for us to build the logic such that you could select only the routes you want to comment on and then see just those project detail sheets. I don't believe we're able to achieve that. Okay, that's fine. Thanks. This is Laura McCulloch. I really like this simplified approach um, to not having overwhelming amount of data um, that people might just feel, you know, intimidated to take it if it was too much information, kind of like what happened before, as you mentioned, Adam. So I really like the way this has been simplified. Um, I'm thinking that it might not be immediately apparent to people that there's an opportunity to see the schedule information for their routes. And so I was trying to think of kind of how to integrate that into some of the route detail information. And so I have no idea what's possible um, from, from the tool that you all are using, but whether or not like the route, the routes themselves, like in this um, view could be hyperlinks directly to the route detail page, or even just in the comment area where it says route comment, say route and schedule, and then make the schedule a hyperlink to the schedules so that people could directly see like, oh, I can actually comment on schedules. I didn't remember that I could actually look at the schedule information or something like that. And then just one other comment, um, for the August one, this is just something that caught my attention um, was that whenever it said, like, if you want to comment on the January routes, um, I'm just think, think, thinking through the lens of somebody who might have lower um, uh, literacy, like that makes the, my immediately kind of thought was like, oh, maybe they would think that they can, they have to wait till January 2023 or something. So like um, make comments on routes that will be modified in January 2023 or something like that, just changing that verbiage just a little bit. Okay, yeah, appreciate that. Can we, um, you know, we'll have to look, I like the hyperlink idea, we will have to explore that. See, because I, I, I like the fact that it'll be right kind of where people are looking at their house. Can we see, um, 
Lisa, where we link people to the project page. What do we say there? Believe more individual routes. Yeah. We'll try the hyperlink thing. If we can't, we can at least say, you know, to explore routes and schedules or you know, try to make that more obvious about what they'll find on the project page. Okay, other, other thoughts? Um, this is Melissa. Um, I think one one thing that I kind of wondered about when you check the little boxes for the um, routes that you want to comment on, I guess I kind of expect something to happen. Um, <laughs> and I'm wondering if, I, and again, not knowing what Lawrence listens can do, if if you click on that or select it, if the comment box under you know could like pop up for that route. Um, as opposed to having just one box for each route, um, then you know, then folks would be like, "Oh, okay." When I click on this, this is what happens. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm trying to make that more seamless. We'll, we'll have to see what's feasible. I mean, we we could, you know, as opposed to this idea, we could have. We got here six, seven. We got seven. Um, different checkboxes. We could have seven web text boxes, 11 or 29 comments, 30 comments, 34 and 38 comments, so on and so forth. Um, you know, I don't know how people think of that. It starts to build it out a little more, and I guess we're sensitive to what we heard last time. Yeah, I, I, um, I appreciate the simplicity of this, too. Um, yeah, I just, again, not knowing what, <laughs> what Lawrence listens, what its capabilities are. Um, otherwise, I think this this looks really good. That's a good point about you know, selecting those checkboxes and then what? <laughs> so, um, I might flip one other thing, you know, we, one other thing we could do that right now for simplicity's sake we have not done is, um, you know, right now we've shown just one system map for August and for January, and it's our highest service model system map, you know, in the same way that our ride guide has our kind of A-level yellow schedule service map. Um, you know, for, for both August and January, the yellow map, yellow service level map looks different than the blue. The KU routes go away on the blue. Um, starting in January, we also have a Sunday map that is essentially just a you know, citywide microtransit zone. We don't necessarily communicate that in an obvious way yet in the materials that you see. Um, so I don't know if anybody has thoughts on, should we explore more than one map for the different service levels at each phase or keep it simple with just the one?
Um, Adam, I'm I'm unclear exactly what you're proposing. Um, are you saying that there would be kind of like as this process um, rolls out, there might be additional surveys in the future or at the same time as this one comes out, you would also have like the Sunday map? So yeah, I'll, I'll reframe it a little bit. Um, so for, uh, for each of these networks, um, we have uh, routes that operate on different service day types. So our yellow service day is Monday through Fridays during KU's fall and spring semester. Uh, that is when we have all routes that you see on the screen operating. On blue service days, which would be um, summer break, a lot of other you know, winter break, other uh, class breaks, a lot of the KU routes do not operate on those days. So the, the system map looks different. Right? Our system on blue days it's not as robust as our system on yellow days. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe I'm less concerned about communicating that because people are familiar with that reality and, and they deal with it. You know, we don't get people looking at our ride guide and saying, why does your system map falsely shows, <laughs> you know, all the graphs that don't operate all year long. Um, maybe my bigger concern would be in January. I, I do think we want to be clearly communicated that Sunday service will happen and it will happen in the form of citywide on-demand zone, microtransit zone. So I don't want that to be lost on, on people and I'm wondering if we should show them a map as a way to highlight like this is you know a service day type that you also have a service. So is that information reflected anywhere in the route detail maps right now? Not yet. I mean, can certainly, like I'm, I have a lot less heartburn on the project page. Please, if you go back to the project page, I don't feel as bad about, you know, we can have multiple maps here under January to clearly show what Sunday would look like. Um, I'm just not sure if that should carry over into the survey tool or not. This is Gary. I think I like the way you're going with the simplicity. It really was too complicated last time. So I, I would say, no, I don't think you need the other two maps on the survey. They can go to the to the project page and, and get that information. And users of the bus system are familiar with certain routes going away in the summertime. So I, I don't think that's an, a deal breaker if it's not in the survey. Yeah, I mean, as we talk through this, I, I'll just say the, you know, trying to get the, the digital version of accepting feedback on a major system redesign is not the ideal way to get feedback. So, I mean, that's another lesson learned from last time. We got the richest information we got was from talking with bus passengers at the bus platform, um, from having individual meetings or individual but group meetings with stakeholder groups that care about certain things. I know with KU, we able to group together some international students who had specific thoughts and really gain some good information from that. So, I mean, that will be part of our strategy um, for sure this time around too. We just, we know that some people are going to engage with us only by the, you know, Lawrence Listens survey tool. So trying to make that as useful as possible. 
Yeah, with the um, Sunday, the Sunday routes being available as it's something new that will, will be coming, I think that that would also be an opportunity to highlight that specifically somewhere on the survey, much like you do with the other route details, maybe a link also talking about the Sunday service that would go directly to, uh, you know, like a route overview or just like the routes that would be serviced on Sundays. Yeah, those are good, good thoughts. Uh, we can circle back to any of this. I do have maybe a couple other questions I want to ask about. Um, can we look at the draft route detail sheet for a second, please? The route one and five. Okay, so just to orient you to the question I'm about to ask you, <laughs> on the uh, left side of this detail sheet, you see the box with the proposed schedule, yellow, blue, and green, um, with the different proposed schedules on each of those service day types. Um, I could I'm going to go ahead and screen share, please. Included this as part of the agenda. So there's a few different ways we can communicate what the schedule, proposed schedule is on each route detail sheet. And um, I, I put forth on the draft detail sheet what I thought was maybe the simplest. But there are a couple other graphical options. So I wanted to ask committee members what they thought of these three options um, and which would be the most useful or clear for people to understand. The, um, the chart that it looks um, you know, more longer and rectangular has each service day, yellow service day, blue and green on different lines. Help, helps a person understand, um, you know, in this case, that yellow and blue, like they have the same levels of service, you see the reduction of service on green day visually a little easier. In a very similar way, this donut chart tries to do the same thing um, with the outer ring demonstrating yellow service day, the middle one being blue, the center being green, and again, kind of seeing based on color uh, frequencies at different times of day. And in this case, you can see that that changed frequency on a, a green service day. So, um, you know, we will need this week, especially to start building out the route detail sheets in preparation for outreach and survey going live. Um, and we'll need to decide on one of these strategies to put in there. So does anybody have thoughts on um, they think would be the best what we're trying to Adam, I, I think the table, this is Chris Tilden. I think the table is, is relatively clear. I think the only rationale for using a graphic is if it creates some additional clarity. Um, I've often been told never use a ring circle if it has more than three variables and you've got the three variables of service and the three variables of yellow, blue, and green, which ends up being an awful lot of combinations of variables. So I think the middle one's going to be hard to follow. Um, 
the top is not so hard to follow, but I think that the table is pretty self-explanatory. This is Gary. I, I agree. That's the number three, and then number two, one, and then number two. I, I like three, the one you chose to put on the route pages. The proposed schedule, the top one, is really more of a timeline, and it's actually quite nice for being able to see, oh, it comes on the hour, and all of these hours on the half hour. But for space, if you were going to choose one, it would be the third one, the table. Anybody want to make a, we'll go with that, unless someone has a strong argument uh, for one of the others. That works for us. And then I think the last, um, you know, I had a kind of general question on, you know, what, what changes would you like for clarity either on the system map or the route detail sheet? Um, because it's more complicated, I might start with the route detail sheet and just ask, you know, as you look at this and maybe spend a little time with it without being uh, scrolling around, were there, um, does it generally make sense? Does it seem like it's got too much going on? Is there missing information you would like to understand better? Just really any feedback on um, you know, this being a useful tool would be helpful. Adam, is there any way to link from the abandoned route to the route that you propose to uh, replace it? For example, here you've had seven. Could you, in that text box on say C route seven, could you link to the route review for route seven? I think there's potential to that. We'll have to explore that. But since this stuff will live on our project page, I think there's potential to do that. And that's a good idea. That's one less step for people if they could just immediately click. Adam, this is What are the educational institutions at 22nd Osdar? Are these grade schools or collegiate? Or because I see some grade schools and some not. And what do they represent? Yeah, we've been bouncing back a little, a little back and forth on that, deciding at what level do we show everything. I mean, right now, yes, this is a grade school. We've obviously got university. Um, so is there guidance on that? I mean, I, I think from my perspective, while we maybe don't have a ton of grade schoolers riding buses. That is a thing that some kids do and are able to do. So my tendency would be to show all schools as educational centers, grade school, middle school, high school, university. But are there different thoughts, maybe uh, lesser than that? I just know when the girls, my girls and I rode, there was, there was uh, two other families that took the number one to New York, but I mean, that was eight years ago, 10 years ago, who knows, but I was just curious because I know that one looks like Schwegler, but then there's Haskell University, but then there's Cordley as well, but that answered my question. Thank you. Yeah, you know, that comment, I think what we'll probably do is we'll try, we'll try to get them all on there. 
Adam, this is Renee. And um, I was just thinking where you're talking about the Route 1 and 5 inner line explained, if there could be a way to, I mean, an arrow to the place on the map where they inner line so they can kind of see it. That's a good comment. So if you flipped and put route alignment explanation at the top and then route one and five interline explained underneath and you could put a shorter arrow down to the locations where they're interlining. That's a good comment. Thanks, Renee. Hey, Adam, this is Quiz. You know, back on the uh, <clears throat> educational institutions, um, you know, at least in this scenario, two or three of them, you know, this particular route structure doesn't, won't even touch those. Is there any thought to taking them off if it's not right on a route? Or are we leaving those on there? what, just as a marker indication indicator regardless? Because someone could look at this and say, why are you putting this school on here? You don't need, this route doesn't even touch that place, you know? It's a good question. Um, does it help orient people or, yeah, we want it to be more just only show what it serves? I think that's a good question. Does anybody else have thoughts on that? A little torn map idea. I think I think as a map in general, having orientation markers are good. I just was confused because I kind of I look closer to Iowa than Schwegler, so that's why I asked. But that does remind me: did we? I know early on in this process last year, Louisiana LHS was talked discussed about not having direct service, or the route was being moved. Did Route Seven was being moved away from LHS? It's probably may not be the time to ask, but I was curious about that. Yeah, it, uh, it will serve LHS, and I'm also, um, you know, not to abandon our route detail sheet uh, discussion, but with, with some time here, I know we, we go into some specific routes. Um, I talked a little for us before. We're happy to dive into route specifics if, if people are curious or want to see what a route looks like. Um, but Route 7, yes, partially based on that feedback. Um, you know, picks up the Warehouse Arts District, picks up the Haskell Corridor, but 19th Street does come all the way back to Louisiana so that we can serve the high school, uh, which was um, one of the, the big concerns from folks in the Holcomb Park neighborhood was trying to get that one seat ride, both to Billy Mills and the LHS, and the 9 and the 7 interline allows that to still happen. Perfect. Thank you. And I, I, like I said, I can see the schools being on there just as orient for orientation to get yourself centered on where you're at on the map, but I can see not being on there as well. I think we also, you know, it's, it's another one of those simplicity trade-offs. I think we saw ourselves adding more and more icons to a map and started to get a little itchy with the uh, feeling busy and overwhelming so we'll try to do a good job matching that we can we can maybe make these a little smaller maybe that helps and not feel so uh, overwhelming well i don't believe um i necessarily had additional content um but I'm happy to 
questions, go to any uh, specific routes you all wanted to talk about. I guess I'll um, restate that our, uh, our plan is to go out to Pooh, uh, begin our public engagement March 21st through the end of April, April 29th, that Friday. Um, so we're building, started work this week already on, uh, you know, got a long list of our stakeholder groups and trying to map out the best way to reach each of those groups because it'll be different on which groups we drive to take the survey, which we set up Zoom meetings with, who we try to reach in person. Uh, so we're, we're mapping all that out and trying our best to get out there and talk with affected current and hopefully future users. Um, as far as this group, we don't have any future planned meetings. I know we had a long break since our last meeting before this one. Um, you know, with engagement wrapping up at the end of April, I believe um, you know, we, we need a little bit of time to digest that and, and kind of zero in on the final planned changes, which like I mentioned, may experience some tweaks based on what we hear from folks. And the, the general plan is to be taking those planned changes through the KU Transit Commission and Public Transit Advisory Committee in May, um, which is really, uh, really decisions have to be made then for us to stay on schedule and printing a ride guide, getting ready for changes that would happen in August. So one of my thoughts was that it may make some sense to invite this group to the May uh, public Transit Advisory Committee meeting as a way to have a more full discussion from you all who've been involved for a year, you know, as a steering committee talking through this. Um, you know, the PTAC is who always gives us that final uh, approval and, and kind of able to move forward on route changes. Um, but it, to me, it would make some sense to incorporate this group uh, as more than just guest participants, but as, you know, participants of that meeting to have a discussion, make sure we're all on the same page after May. So I don't know if anybody has thoughts about that type of direction towards getting to, um, you know, us being able to move forward with the final plan changes. Adam, I think that approach makes sense. As Chris told, and uh, you know, for us to uh, participate in the discussion with transit, I think I think what you're proposing is um, have us sit in on the discussion with the transit advisory uh, commission. I think that makes sense. Certainly, don't think we need to schedule uh, uh, an additional separate session. Okay, thank you. Any any other thoughts? Anybody? Thumbs up from Gary. Not from August. All right. So that's that's the direction we'll go. Um, if you if you think on um, any of that and um, have other concerns come up, don't hesitate to let me know. With that, anybody want to talk about anything else before we sign off? This is uh, this is Gary. Adam, I noticed a number of questions on the first survey about wait time at the transit hubs, both downtown and on Billings. And I assume people are also concerned about 
the terminus of each of the routes and went on the interlined where they moved to the second bus. What is the planned delay uh, changeover period at the hub? Have you thought about how long those buses will sit there before they head out? Yeah, I mean, details like that are ahead of us for sure. I mean, I think the, the intent is the same as we do downtown. It's time to transfers. So with, with any route, you're, uh, you generally aim for there to be some amount of recovery time. Uh, you know, always want uh, you know, your route to be so tight with your time that bus operators never have time to use the restroom. Uh, passengers miss transfer needs because, you know, bus gets behind by a couple of minutes. So in general, I imagine we're um, looking to build in um, five, 10 minutes, depending on Depending on how those those times come together, um, which is very similar to what we look at downtown, um, trying to make sure all buses are there for that usually about five or ten minutes, um, which gives a little grace period to think to run a little behind or a little ahead. And do you foresee any pause at the terminus of the routes that go farther out into the perimeter of the city, or do they just make a turnaround at the community shelter and they're off again? So like on that particular route or the interline route of, of one and five, which serve the community shelter, um, you know, with, with the interline, there is not a need to pause to make sure that two buses meet up and people get off and on each of those buses. So there certainly wouldn't need to be a pause there. I think we would likely roll over that um, layover time into either end of that route. So from the community shelter, the two ends are Route 1 is going downtown, Route 5 is going to the transit facility. I think those are the more logical places for that particular interline route to have their layover periods. It probably doesn't make a lot of sense for us to uh, pause with us for five minutes um, when it just continues with the people that are in it. And one final question. That's a good answer. I appreciate it. You've talked about 100 and rapid service. How will 100 work? Will it go into the hub, Billings hub, every circuit? Um, how often? I'm trying to see, figure out how I'd use that to get from the hub to downtown. Yes, so the, the current way it's proposed is um, to go into the transit facility on every trip. Um, you know, it's, I think in its original inception, it was only from Transit Center campus downtown. Yeah, in in some of the negotiation of making sure uh, coverage works for both the university and city, Route 100 does include uh, Apple Lane apartments out at Bob Billings and Castle. So that's the full extent of that route. So um, because Bob or the the transit facility is not at the terminus of that route, um, I believe we have a proposed where every eastbound trip, it's going into the transit facility. But as, as it's headed westbound out to Apple Lane, I don't know that we're going to pull it in the transit facility there, go to Apple, come back, pull into the transit facility. That would be quite a lot of in and out um, and probably some time challenges if we did that. And every 30 minutes? Current proposed is um, every 20 minutes for a lot of the day that the, the length of that route doesn't lend itself 
uh, to a 30 minute cycle time, it's more like 40 minutes. So because of that, um, we're looking at a couple of buses on the route, giving us 20 minute frequency for um, day service much of the day. When we get into the later evening hours, um, uh, in some of the green level service, so like Saturdays and holidays, um, currently proposed a 40 minute service during those times. So it drops one of the buses. Thanks. Anybody else have route thoughts, engagement thoughts? Anybody have a deep well of knowledge about our survey tool that we don't have, we can tap into? We'll be able to figure it out. We'll, we'll be fine. I just want to make sure it's not some expert on the call, but when we have a program, doesn't seem like. Uh, Boris, Rebecca, anything from your perspective that you want to get this group tonight beyond what we have? I, th I think the comments have been good and we'll um, continue in the same vein with those um, with, with the PowerPoint presentation that uh, we'll be presenting to a group at, uh, at KU later in later this week. And then, you know, if it's of use to you, Adam, for the public meetings, then, you know, we'll just use that same same format if everyone thinks that's a, um, a reasonable format. Well, like I said, please let me know um, if you think on some of this stuff and have additional thoughts. We still have a um, week and a half or so before a lot of this goes live. So time to make edits and changes. Um, but thank you very much for joining tonight. And, um, we'll see you all soon.